Holy Spirit, I ask that you use me to deliver whatever message it is that the people on the other side of this need to hear. Um, I want everyone to know who's listening to this that these are not my words, but this is the message that the Lord would like for you to hear and that these are not my opinions. The This is the truth. This is the way. Um, and this is the light. And I ask that whoever is listening to this receives the message that they are to receive. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes, that is different. Um, I'm doing a different type of episode. Um, I've decided that I'm going to do a Wednesday word and you are listening to the first rendition of that. Um, I have something that has been weighing heavy on my heart and I what I've learned is when I have something that's on my heart or somebody who's on my mind it's best for me not to ignore that because that little voice is actually the holy spirit and i am yielding to that um so anyway i will get right into it um and today's wednesday word i guess um this is what i'm calling it is about when you are in a storm um and when it feels like nothing is going on and you know, sometimes we are in the middle of something and it seems like there is no end in sight, like we will never get on the other side of it. And, you know, the cliche saying of, oh, well, you know, you've gotten through every single bad day that you've had so far, like that only goes, you know, so far <laughs> um, in in your head. And so today I wanted to tell the story, and this is something that I have recently um, not learned about, but it's something that I recently have, um, been studying in, you know, my journey in the Bible. And, um, so I just wanted to, uh, chat about that today. And so the story here today is about Joseph and, um, Joseph was one of 12 brothers, um, and, his brothers were kind of jealous of him because he was his father's favorite. Um, his father's Jacob and, um, but he was his father's favorite. Um, he had a nice rainbow coat. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever been to vacation Bible school, but that was like the one thing that I remembered about Joseph is that he had, uh, a beautiful rainbow coat with all the colors. It was very, very nice. And, um, his brothers were jealous of that. Um, now Joseph was not the baby of the family. Um, but, you know, without going into too many details uh, about the lineage of Joseph, that is a story for another time on another topic. Um, but Joseph was the favorite. That That's that is the point of this. Joseph was the favorite and his brothers were jealous of him. Um, many of his older brothers were jealous of him. He had one younger brother. Um, but anyway, so um, in a nutshell, Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. They plotted against him um, and sold him into slavery to the enemy. Um, so I, I'm not going to make you take my word for it, but I'm going to read directly from the Bible. And I will just say in my studies of the Bible, I've been um, reading out of the New International Version. My papa, um, my dad's father, my um, grandfather got this for me December 25th of 2007 um, for Christmas. And um, I remember when I got it, I didn't quite understand. Like, I was like, yes, okay, I have like a real Bible. Because the only Bible that I had up until that point was a children's Bible. But um, 
this is my first real Bible, like my adult Bible is what I called it. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many words in here, so many big words. And just a little tidbit about the children's Bible. Um, it did skip things and it wasn't exactly verbatim what the Bible said. Like it definitely skipped chapters and verses and just kind of told the overall story of what was going on. And it definitely didn't get into much detail. Um, but anyway, so I'll read directly from NIV. Um, so um, I'm starting in Genesis 37, uh, verse um, 26. And this is when uh, Joseph's brothers are discussing like what they're going to do with him. So Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern. And I'm just going to pause here because before they had like pushed him into a ditch, basically, um, like they had saw him coming and they pushed it like this was all pretty impulsive. They pushed him into a ditch and they were just like, OK, whatever. Um, we're, yeah. And then they kind of thought about it and they were like, OK, well, why do we do this? Um, and, you know, trying to get out of it now because it's like, OK, well, we can't kill him. So so what are we going to do um, anyway? So his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver and there's a footnote here about what 20 shekels is um and 20 shekels is about eight ounces um so told sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the ishmaelites who took him to egypt um when Reuben returned, Reuben is one of his other brothers, returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there. He turned, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, in my mourning will I go down to the grave to my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Mennonites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So stopping there, and it goes into uh, yeah, chapter 38. But anyway, so... I, just to just to recap on that, Joseph's brothers plotted against him and then boldface lied to their own father about what happened to him. Like they they really, you know, could have got an Oscar right there for trying to play like they had no idea what happened to him. They even tore his clothes, dipped it in blood to act like, oh, yeah, he's been ripped to shreds and had their own father mourning for a son that they knew was alive. Um, So just to like just get the gravity of what has now happened to Joseph and all because his brothers were jealous of him. Okay. So then, and you're probably like, okay, girl, how does this even relate to being in a storm? Um, so anyway, God is working this whole time. God is working this whole time. And I, I will probably continue to say that is that God is working this entire time. Um, so anyway, uh, skipping through, um, there, there's some more that happens. Um, Pharaoh is like the leader of Egypt at this time. And, um, Joseph is now a slave. Um, and so I'm just gonna, I, I don't want to, um, 
you know, say anything and try to like insinuate I'm reading directly from the Bible. So now I'm going to jump over to um, chapter 39. So we're in Genesis 39, uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. This is verse one, starting in chapter 39. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him back from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. So this is right after he has been sold. Uh, Joseph has been sold by his brothers to the Egyptians. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Joseph was like a good servant. He was a good slave at this point. He had, he had, he had won favor with, um, the, the person that he was serving. And again, it says the Lord was with him. So he, he, even in this terrible situation that he's in, he is still, he still has favor. He's still being watched over. So as terrible as all this has happened, and this is even the end of the story, but as terrible as everything has happened to him, the Lord was still with him. Um, and I, I think a lot of times we forget that the Lord is always with us, even when we are going through a storm. Um, so anyway, this is, we are on verse three. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. So now Joseph is rising up in the ranks um, because of this favor that he is receiving from the Lord. And again, even though he's in this terrible situation, the favor he's receiving from the Lord is now allowing him to rise up. So, so God is taking a, a bad situation that he had been put in, which was not God's will, but it, this is what happened. He's taking that in and he's making a good thing out of it. And that is a recurring theme here is that he is going to make a good thing out of it. Um, so anyway, okay, I'm going to reread verse four, since that's where I stopped. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Attendant Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of the household and all and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house of both in the house and in the field. So pausing right there, I know I keep pausing, but Potiphar, who does not even worship the Lord, who doesn't even believe in God or anything like that, just sees what the Lord is doing for Joseph. He is now getting blessings because of that. Anyway, all right, um, Verse six, verse six. So he left in Joseph's care everything that he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except for the food he ate. So Potiphar is not concerning himself with anything except for the food that he eats um, because Joseph has it all because of the Lord. Now, Joseph was well built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused with me in charge. He told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went out into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand, and had run out of the house, she called her servants. Look, she said to them, 
This Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make came to me to make sport of me but as soon as i screamed for help he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house when his master heard the story his wife told him saying this is how your slave treated me he burned with anger joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined but while joseph was there in prison the lord was with him he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all of those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Again, a recurring theme. Somebody else lied. We, we have another person now who's now lied on Joseph. Joseph's doing well. He's doing fine. He's minding his business. And here comes Potiphar's wife lying on him, trying to act like Joseph has tried to assault her. And so now he gets thrown in prison. But even in prison, even in prison, the Lord is with him. And is giving him success in whatever he does. And again, there's this recurring theme of the Lord remaining with Joseph despite these things that he's been in. He wouldn't even have been in prison if it... If it were not for his brother selling him into slavery and Joseph can easily be angry with his brothers and, you know, um, turn to God and say, why are you doing this to me? And why has this happened to me? Like, why must I suffer? But the Lord is still protecting him over all this time. And again, this is not even the end. And I, I didn't know where I was going to go with this story when I first started it, but I see I'm almost 15 minutes in and I'm not even, I don't even think I'm at the halfway point of what's going on. Um, but anyway, so now Joseph is in prison. Um, there are two other people who then come into prison. Um, they, obviously they, there are more people likely in prison, but these two are important. There's a cupbearer and the baker. Um, so Joseph's basically running the prison. Like the warden is just kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. Joseph is now running the prison. Um, the cupbearer and the baker come in and, um, they have been put in by Pharaoh. And, um, one thing that I did not mention about Joseph, and I, I'm not sure if it was mentioned prior to Joseph being in prison, but Joseph had, um, a gift a spiritual gift of being a dreamer. He was able to determine dreams. Actually, it is mentioned before because what I didn't mention before, um, of part of the reason that um, Joseph was even uh, envied by his brother is that he, he oh, I actually should have told this before I even started this, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back a little bit. So in chapter 37, Joseph basically, and I, I won't actually read this. And, um, one thing I didn't say is that I always, where, where, no matter where you are in your journey with the Lord, you should always read the Bible for yourself and, and learn and study for yourself and interpret for yourself and have that relationship with God where he reveals to you what is in his word, um, and not just take for face value, everything that everyone says, because some people do have incorrect interpretations of things. And you know what, sometimes it may not even be incorrect. Um, the Bible is referred to as the living word. Um, 
because it doesn't change, but you do and you transform over time. And like I said, I have read the story of Joseph many, many times before, but depending on where I am in my life, I gained something out of it that was a little bit different than before, or I gained a little bit more of the same concept than before. I've always known that, you know, uh, J- Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, but I never quite grasped the reason why. I never, I never understood the gravity of why, and I never understood the how how great God's glory was in this time for Joseph. I never understood that reading it until recently. So anyway, back to the cupbearer and the baker that are in prison with Joseph right now. Um, Joseph has these dreams, and um, they are now in prison and, um, they had learned that Joseph, um, you know, can interpret some dreams. Um, and anyway, so now I'm going to read again, um, so that we, we can talk about this because this is, this is where we get into God's timing. This is where we get all into God's timing. So we are on chapter 40, the cupbearer and the baker, and I'm going to start at verse Actually, I'll just start now uh, at the beginning. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt, who was Pharaoh. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials and the chief cupbearer and the chief baker and put them into the custody of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why are your faces so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. And notice here, I just want to point out, notice here, he said, don't interpretations belong to God, but even though he's about to interpret them, Joseph recognizes that his ability to interpret dreams is a gift from God. This is not Joseph. This is coming from God. I just wanted to point that out. Anyway, so the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and put the cup in his hand. This is what this means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison for I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation he said to Joseph I too had a dream on my head were three baskets of bread in the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head this is what this means joseph said the three baskets are three days within three days pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree and the birds will eat away your flesh now the third day was pharaoh's birthday and he gave a feast for all his officials he lifted up the heads of heads of the chief the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials he restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup 
into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So these people have now benefited from Joseph and his, and his God-given abilities to interpret the dreams. And I will say the baker probably like did not benefit except for the fact that he knew in three days he was going to die because Joseph told him that. But um, the, the cupbearer, uh, was like, oh, cool. I, you know, I have been lifted back up and I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm back where I was at and forgot about Joseph. And I, as I was reading this, I stumbled a little bit because something came to me, um, that I realized, uh, that we sometimes do is when things are bad, we turn to God and we are like, oh, help me, help me, Lord, please help me. I, you know, help me out of this situation. We, we come to him, you know, beg, begging for help, begging to be saved from whatever situation that we're in. But the moment, the moment that we get back into the good graces of wherever we were at, the moment that everything is sweet, we forget about him. And I'm not putting Joseph in the place of God here, but I, I want to, that's why I want to, maybe, and that's why that came to me, but I want to stress that the, the interpretation of the dreams came from God. So for me, that was symbolism. And this is probably, this may not actually be how this goes, but for me, that was symbolism that when we get back, you know, where we were at when, before we were down, we forget about God and we forget to thank him. We, for, we forget to actually show gratitude for what he brought us out of. But anyway, back into this situation, specifically, the cupbearer did forget about Joseph. So now Joseph is still, again, wrongfully sitting, sitting, or sitting in prison, I mean. Um, and I just want to say as well, like, again, I just want to hone in. Joseph is only in prison because Potiphar's wife lied on him and the only reason he was even in Potiphar's house is because his brother sold him into slavery. Like he is completely, you know, from, from the outside looking in, he is not supposed to be in this situation or so you think because God has purpose for everything. So now we're going to continue. Um, and hopefully, actually, I don't know. I, I enjoy actually reading out of the Bible because I think that you know, a lot of people, when they are trying to tell people about God, they don't, they don't talk enough about God's word. Um, and you can't really learn about God if you don't, if you're not in God's word. So anyway, chapter 41, um, we're going to bring it back now. Um, this is called Pharaoh's dream. So you, you may be able to see where we're going here with the dreams. This is now the third time that dreams have been brought up in terms of Joseph. So chapter 41, when two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on a riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek fat, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. 
Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Again, I want to go back to Joseph saying, aren't interpretations of dreams from God? Notice Pharaoh is looking everywhere for interpretations of these dreams and these magicians and whatnot are not able to, to provide anything for him. Um, so I just want to say, sometimes we are, we are looking in all the wrong places for something that only God can fix, something only God can handle. Um, anyway, the, now we're verse nine. Then the chief cupbearer who said to Pharaoh, today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream and things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us i was restored to my position and the other man was hanged so pharaoh sent for joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon when he had shaved and changed his clothes he came before pharaoh pharaoh said to him i had a dream and no one can interpret it but i have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream you can interpret it and again, I, I love I love that Joseph always brings this back to God. Verse 16, I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Again, even, even throughout this despair, Joseph's been sitting wrongfully in prison, and Pharaoh's like, hey, I heard you can, can interpret dreams. And Joseph's like, actually, no, it isn't me. It is the Lord. And in everything, he is, giving his he is giving his glory to the Lord. It is not me. It is the Lord. Because it is the Lord, and it has been the Lord protecting him throughout this entire time that he has been wrongfully imprisoned and wrongfully sold into slavery. Anyway, I just, I love that. I love that. Verse 17. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, because he's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile when out of the river there came of seven cows fat and sleek. And anyway, I'm just going to skip over this part because he just, uh, we already read the dream and he just tells Joseph what that dream was um, and uh, the, about the cows and then also about the wheat. So now Joseph says, this is verse 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that come up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. And now... Let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land 
to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. I just want to read that one more time so that you guys truly get what just happened here. In just a matter of minutes, because it probably, in the matter of time that it took me to read that, okay, and I, I paused in between. So in the matter of Joseph explaining all of that to Pharaoh of not only interpreting his dreams, but then giving him a solution for what he is to do, because God gave him that too, for what he is to do during this time, in a matter of minutes, he has been brought from the dungeon and says, and now, as Pharaoh has said, since God has made all this known to you, and I love how Pharaoh now recognizes who it is that has put this in place. Since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh is saying there is going to be no one in this land greater than you except for me. And that is only because I am king of Egypt. That is only because I have been named king of Egypt. Am I greater than you in this place? Do y'all see what God did? Joseph through all of this time <laughs> has been in a situation where he doesn't belong he doesn't belong he has been he has been wrongfully put in this position but but god did this and joseph's in charge of egypt and and the rest of this i'm, I'm going to skip through this is more so about joseph and his brothers and the relationship and uh, joseph's um brothers end up you know meeting joseph after this because there is a famine later and they have to travel into the you know into um the area where they're keeping the food so that they can you know feed the family and everything um so all of that is going on and there, there's a lot of uh, familial familial things going on in the next couple of chapters after this um and, and joseph is you know he he did exactly what he said that he was going to do he brought egypt out of the the famine people did not starve um because of this plan that he had that was given to him by god um and it was great it was great um but my my favorite one of my favorite 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 parts of genesis um with the story of joseph is this next part here um, this is, and again, I skipped all of this and, um, this is now his, his brothers, um, now know that Joseph, what has become of Joseph since they wrongfully sold him into slavery and everything like that, you know, pretended that to their father that he had been eaten by some beast or whatever and, and had been dead. Um, and, and of course, you know, now that I'm, I'm sure they were, you know, remorseful and everything. And um, so now I'm going to start that we jumping to Genesis 50 
verse 18, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves. And this actually, I I should have read this before, but um, Joseph's first dream that he said was this, is that his brothers would be slaves to him. And that was the dream that God gave him. Um, Anyway, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. You intended to harm me, but God intended for it to be good. I I think that the story is so beautiful. The story is just so beautiful. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy story that he had to go through all of this, but, but God always has a great plan. He is all knowing. He is all knowing. He know he knows he orders your steps. He knows what's going on now, Joseph, because his dream, I should, again, I should have read the dream before the dream was not, Oh, you're going to save Egypt from a famine. It was like, that's, that wasn't what it was, but it was, Joseph was like, Oh, I'm going, I'm going to be of high ranking and you guys are going to be my slaves, like, or not my slaves, but you guys are going to, um, you guys are going to, you know, bow down to me and not in a way of like, Oh, like you guys suck. You're going to bow down to me. But like, that was just the dream that he had. And it was weird because, you know, typically, and this is probably still true in some instances, but typically the oldest is always the one who kind of leads the charge for the family after. So for one of the younger brothers to then be talking about, Oh yeah, the rest of you are going to like be beneath me pretty much. It's kind of like, huh? And, And you know, his brothers obviously were like, huh? Uh uh-uh, uh, and, and tried to shut that down. So even though they intended to harm him, and Potiphar's wife intended to harm him, all these people intended to harm him, but God intended for it to be good. And sometimes we are in situations where it's like it's like one thing happens another, but it is literally God setting up what is to come to be good. Every, everything that he does is for good. And even if you end up in a situation where it's like, okay, it ain't looking good. It isn't for you to see if it's looking good. Um, (laughs) you know, and and again, he was in prison and and for what, like he was in prison and for what he, first of all, he was a slave that could have easily went wrong, but he was, he was still shown favor in that. Why? Because of God, Potiphar's wife, for what she accused him of in this time, and I honestly, probably in any time, our current time, for what he was accused of, he could have been killed. But God, he's sitting in prison and he told someone after he helped him through God, hey, remember me so that I can get up out of here. And he still didn't remember him. And it, it's not clear in the Bible how much time passed between the cupbearer um, being released and, and, you know, being reinstated back into his position and then going to Pharaoh and then Pharaoh having his dreams. The, the time is not specified, but the time is still too long because Joseph never should have been in prison to begin with. Um, but God, all of this was ordained because, because now think about it. 
if, if God is going to have, if there's going to be a famine, is there, if there's going to be a seven year famine, imagine if Joseph's brothers never sold him into slavery and Potiphar's wife never lied on him and he never ended up pr in prison to be able to expose to somebody else this gift that God had given to him that Pharaoh was later going to use. Imagine if none of that ever happened, but God and that is why I, I just, I had to tell that because I just think it's such a beautiful story. And I think that sometimes we get so, so, so caught up in everything that has ever happened to us or all the bad things about why we're in the position that we're in. And we never, we, we don't ever go back to think like, okay, who's actually orchestrating all of this? God is so good. God is so good and he is so great and he's orchestrating all of this. And even if our small, feeble human minds cannot understand what is going on, we can lean on God for his understanding of what he is about to do for us. Um, something that I love, um, I feel like older church ladies say it a lot when you're telling them about your problems and everything and you know, they're silent for a minute and they say, get excited. Because what you're going through, God is about to use for something good. And I think that Joseph's story is the prime example of that. And I just wanted to share. So that is Wednesday's word. This is Wednesday's for my first Wednesday word. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I really enjoyed it. I really loved going through it and kind of like talking it out. And I, I even had some revelations in there reading it now uh, again, because uh, it's so good, but reading it again, I had more revelations of like, Hmm, that's something that I never considered before that, that, that means right there. And, uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, Wednesday word and I will see you guys next time.